my stars, look at that, the, the, the trouble there he's going through. But to you it feels like blessings because the hand of God's on you. We have the river of living waters. I had wrote this down last week. Rivers of living waters blocked or held up by the dam of sin. You know, I mean, I know Daddy builds ponds. They're different. Build a pond out there, uh, Brother Dennis. I mean, just different things. Well, I mean, we do that all the time. To, to, to stop a flowing water, stop flowing water, you have to come and, and build a structure across that dams up that water. The Bible says, and we're going to look at it here in a little bit, it says out of our belly should flow, live, uh, flow rivers of waters. What does that mean? What does that mean? That's, Brother Bullet, you should be blessed by me. I should live in a place where God can use me to bless you and you and you and you, every one of y'all that I'm around. Rivers of living waters are flowing through me, but most of us are damned up by sin. We're damned up, and it's stopping the flow. And boy, when you stop that flow up, let me tell you this, not just you, but your family, your children, the people that work around you, everybody around you can you You ain't right with God. You ain't right with God. A lot of times you can put on a little show, but after a little while, every one of us can tell you ain't right with God. Let me tell you this, you can put junk on Facebook and know you ain't right with God. Amen. Hey, uh, just like the old, saying, old preacher said, hey, the dog knows when you ain't right with God. That's whenever you walk by him and get out of my way. You know, you just say, you, the problem is you ain't right with God. Everything's aggressive. Let me tell you this, once an individual gets right with God, there's no place he should want to be than there. But only can he be blind, uh, uh, he or she can be uh, blinded or hindered by sin. Sin, hey boy, I tell you this, sin's sweet. Y'all believe me? You ever eat, uh, we went last night to, what's, them, what's that cookie place? Oh, Crumble Cookie. Boy, we're, we're, we're sponsoring them now. Kerry and Lawson's got ownership in it. We, I think every time I go down there, you got a long pink, pink thing of cookies there. Homemade cookies, they make them right there. And you know what, last night, Deacon said, boy, this one right here just don't taste that good. This one don't taste that good. Kenny said, or, D, or Lawson, one of them said that they've looked it up and they had salt in that one. But if you put that sugar in it, it sure tastes good, though. Let me tell you this, that's the thing, sin's, hey, sin's sweet, sin's, hey, sin's fun. It's the repercussion of it. It's the repercussion of sin. And sin separates you from your father that hates sin. Let me tell you this, if there's a situation where one of my kids bring home something that I can't stand, 
and they want to get married to it, let me tell you this, there's going to be a separation between me and my kids. Same way it is with God. The Bible says, ain't nature taught you some things? We grow, verse number 2, grow and cry in the ears of Jerusalem, saying, Thus saith the Lord, I remember thee in the kindness of thy youth. The Lord saying, hey, I remember when you was young and you loved me. I remember when you were young and cared about what I said. I remember when you got espoused. What's that mean? Become a young adult. I remember how you, when you was a child, you loved me. When you first got married, you loved me. But as you grew in your life, you separated from me. That's what God's saying here, talking about Drew. He said, he's, he told Jeremiah, he said, go and preach this to the people. They, they loved me in their youth. They loved me in their young adulthood. But as they grew up, they got separated from me. And he says, I didn't go nowhere. It was them. You tell them that. Thus saith the Lord, I remember thee, the kindness of thy youth, the love of the spouses when thou wentest after me in the wilderness, in the land that there was not sown. Israel was holiness unto the Lord and the first fruits of the increase, all that devoured him shall offend. Uh, offend who? Offend God. Let me tell you this. You go against one of God's children, you offend God. And he says they will be devoured. Uh, let me tell you this. Don't fool with God's children. Don't fool. Hey, don't aggravate. Don't provoke and don't cause discontentment with God's children. God takes offense to that. You got something to say bad about somebody in the church or this or that, let me tell you this, I know one thing. Number one, God ain't got no use for you nor I. <clears throat> Verse number four, well, just uh, verse number two, we grow ungrateful from the blessings of God. Been mentioning that a lot lately. We grow in life, that's what we do. As we grow, as we get older, uh, we start feeling like we deserve it. We feel like we did it on our own. And we start growing ungrateful from the blessings of God. And we start feeling like we deserve things. That's what happens. That's what, that's what starts a separation. And let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. In, in all this intellectual type stuff in the world today of trying to train people to be smarter in these schools and all this, hey, you, say, you talk about the school was trying to corrupt people's minds, kids. You hear me? The, the schools, everything's trying to corrupt the minds of the children. And when you go to college, they try to corrupt and, and, and per, uh, 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 pollute the minds of, of the young adult. Can I tell you this real fast? Do you know how the devil attacked Eve? 
by her intellect. Boy, you start thinking about that a little bit, you might not want to go to college. Now, I ain't trying to promote going to college or not, but I tell you this, they, that's what the devil, the devil started working right at the very beginning, attacking the mind. You say, well, how do you say that? He said, Eve, you'll know us what God knows. What you go into the college and everything else, try to learn something else somebody else don't know. And it'll drag you away from God. I'm just put, planting a little seed there for you to think about. I'll tell you this, I, uh, if any of my kids don't want to go to school, uh, I don't have a problem with that. They go to work. Matter of fact, I'll give you a signing bonus if you're going to work. Don't go to college. That college costs a lot of money. Thank God. I, Lawson, at least he's been a blessing. He likes to work. He likes to make money. He helps. Them other two, I tell you, you're going to pay the full ride on them two. This God. Them two right there is going. I, I pick at them all the time. I say, boy, I tell you what. I've told Deacon and Mary Grace numerous times how many times I said I see them riding them and Tifa riding in the streets. I said, if y'all don't grow up, I show in about 20 years wanting something else somebody else has got, somebody else worked for. But we're going to pray for them. <clears throat> Blessings and God's protection. God protects his children. Verse number 5. Thus saith the Lord, what iniquity have your fathers found in me? You know, when people turn against God, you say, well, I, I'm not against God. When you ain't going in his direction, you're against God. The Lord is telling Jerusalem, saying, what did, what, what did I do to your fathers to make you turn against me? What did I do to y'all? I've protected y'all, but yet you've turned and you've tried to find your own way. This he says, what has God done for you to turn your back on him? And I wrote down nothing. God ain't never done nothing to make you turn your back on him. And I've known of people say, I can't, and look, I, I can only imagine what it is to go, go through. But it, it, it is, it, being a preacher, it is, you would be shocked of the people that don't go to church because a child got killed or a child died or something like that. And they say, God did this and God did that. And, and being a pastor and a preacher, sometimes you want to, you just try to say, I, I love you, I, we're going to pray for you. Sometimes you want to tell the truth. The Bible says your sins is passed down from generation to generation to generation. You mad at God at something you did. Hey, let me tell you this. Remember, as sure as God's blessings are real, God's judgment is real. It's a blessing not to live in God's judgment. Verse number. Let's skip down. To, well, let's. Therefore, verse number nine. 
Wherefore I will plead with you, saith the Lord, and your children, and your children will I plead. Thank God he's long-suffering. He just don't, hey, I tell you what, you think about times you, you say, uh, uh, you've made God mad, I've made God mad. Boy, I tell you what, what if God poured out my, hey, my complete judgment upon my children? I remember this, when we had kids, I ain't going to lie, I was scared to death. I've said that before. When we had Lawson, I tell you, I was scared to death. I was scared to look at him at first. That's all I could think about was the Bible says uh, from generation to generation to generation, I said, he's going to have four eyes. Three legs. I'm, I'm serious. I, I was scared to death. God's been gracious to me, my friend, and God's been gracious to you too. You best remember that when you're down and out. God's been good. For pass over the isles of Chittim and see and send unto Qatar. And consider diligently what see there be such a thing. Hath a nation changed their gods, which are yet no gods? Jeremiah is preaching to them, saying, Has this nation changed God? Hey, did God, the true and living God, did he retire? Did God retire? Is God in the hospital? No, he says there is no other gods. I'm going to read a verse, and it kind of skips out of, well, I'm, I'm, y'all don't mind. I'm going to skip right over there real fast. Y'all don't take his Christmas gift back. If you will, turn to Isaiah. This right here, son, this right here gets you fired up. I under, highlighted, underlined it. And I want to, uh, hey, let me tell you this. When you get down and out and you feel like everything's coming against you and you don't know which way to go, you remember this is your father and you come to this verse right here, Isaiah 44 and verse number 6. Can y'all hear me? Thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first, I am the last, and beside me there is no God. Amen. <laughs> hey, hey, besides God, there ain't nobody else. He says, you tell them there's no other God but me. <laughs> That's my father we talking about. That's your father. He's God. And there ain't no other. There ain't no other God. But what people do is they, after so much of blessed living life, they get complacent and they start looking other ways for other things. And God says right here in verse number 13, he says, with me you had a, you had a flow of living waters continuously. But what did you do? You went and looked for systems. You went and looked for polluted water to try to drink. 
and it got contaminated and your vessels wouldn't hold the water. But right here you've got a living flow of blessings and you've turned your back on it and went towards idolatry. You say this, I ain't no idolater. Anything you put before God is idolatry. Anything. I'm talking about money, job, deer, hunting, uh, anything you put before God. Hey, man, buddy. You say, Jesus, I'm going to cut a flip over this thing. Jesus. Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hey, thank God. You say, well, hey, uh, I ain't gonna lie. Y'all want uh, most everybody wants to take the kids to the nursery in the back. I'd rather you put the nursery right here where I can see some life sometimes. That's the problem. You've got all your youth, you got your youth churches, your youth ministries and everything else, and they go back there in the back and they talk about school, sports, and everything else and the word of God being preached out here. That's the problem today. You're raising a bunch of little infidels. Get where the word of God is. Because that's knowing God. Verse number 13, For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me. Number one, you want to commit an evil before God, you forsake him. And number two, you look for something else. He says, for my people have committed two evils, for they have forsaken me, the fountains of living water, and hewed them out systems, broken systems that can hold no water. John chapter 4, if you'll turn to John chapter 4, verse number 14, says this, but y'all remember this, this was the woman at the well. If you'll turn in there, I'm fixing to read it, John 4, 14. says, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give, him shall never, give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give, him shall be in him a well of living waters, springing up into everlasting life. Thank God. Thank God. Um, this well that can never go dry is Jesus Christ. Never go dry. Hey, there's never a problem with this well. There's a well, the well in my life that the water should be springing forth of can get contaminated. But this well named Jesus Christ is a perfect, everlasting flow. The flow of this well will flow into eternal life, life everlasting. Well, I got to think about this. That flow that he, of salvation will flow and nothing will stop where it ends. It's eternal. It's heaven. It's eternal life. 
That's where this flow ends up at. She wanted water to drink to never be thirsty again. She wanted a material thing. She wanted something. She had a, 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 a worldly need. You want me to tell you why? She didn't want to go. She didn't want to have to walk all the way out from the city to the, out there to the well to draw water. She said, if this water, I'll never have to come back here and tote it all the way back no more. I want this water. He said, this water I give will be a well of living waters, and it will last you all eternity. He says simply this, this that I have to give is something that you'll never need something else to replenish it. The Lord offered her eternal fulfillment that can never be removed. Thank God. Thank God. It can't never be removed. When your well overflows, who's being blessed? When your well overflows, who's being blessed? Who's being blessed? When your well overflows, everybody around you's being blessed. Everybody around you's reaping a benefit from it. Remember, remember that rock. You remember that rock that went with the children of Israel. Bible says there was a rock that went with them. <clears throat> Water come forth. Hey, they had water for it didn't matter where they went. They had water. You know who that rock was? Jesus. Remember that rock that went with them in the wilderness supplying the water they needed? It's the same rock that goes with us each day. They were headed to the promised land. They were headed to the promised land. Can I tell you this? He's the rock that we can draw from on our way to our promised land. Thank God. He's the same rock. God's promised us a, a promised land, a land of promise. Where's that? Heaven. And he's that rock that goes with us each day. Amen, buddy. The rock was, the rock was, and the rock still is, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Boy, I tell you what, you think about them on the way to Emmaus, and they said them talking with them too, and I imagine he could have shared the story with them. He said, you remember in the wilderness, whenever the children of Israel were your grandfather, your great-great-grandfathers and all them told the story about that rock that went with with them the whole time, that everlasting rock. You remember that, that they got water from? He said, yeah. He says, I was him. <laughs> I was him. Praise God. Isaiah 44. Isaiah 44, we're going to go back here. Verse number 3 and 4 says, For I will pour upon him that is thirsty and floods, Upon the dry land, I will pour my spirit upon thy seed and my blessing upon thine offspring. And they shall spring up as among the grass and the willows by the water courses. 
Boy, I tell you what, Isaiah was prophesying of what was fixing to come. He was telling about the, the, the Holy Spirit of coming. Here we see water as two types, as a blessing from God and the Holy Spirit. He was telling, hey, before too long, you might, when that, that mighty rushing wind come through there, boy, I tell you what, that's what the church needs. It needs a mighty rushing wind to pass through by the breath of God. And the Bible says they were all, they were all filled with the, hey, with the Holy Spirit. It wasn't just some of them. It was all of them that was saved. Some didn't have to wait for two weeks to go get baptized by the fire of the Holy Spirit. It says they were all filled. But it was all the redeemed. It was all the redeemed that was filled. Same as it is. He was prophesying here, but let me share this right here with you. Water represents the Holy Spirit and blessings from God. God wants to bless his children and the offsprings of his children. Let me tell you this. God's got a lot of grandchildren. I shouldn't even say that, but I'm just talking about as like my kids. I'm God's child. See, they're his child too. But I start thinking about as this offspring. See, God don't have grandchildren. God don't have great-great-grandchildren. I probably shouldn't even said that, but I was talking about like my kids and your kids and things like that. But that's what it's saying here from the Scripture, saying his offspring. But see, when he becomes my offspring, he becomes his child just as we become brothers and sisters in Christ. God wants to bless his child. God, number two, God wants to bless his children's children. God, number three, any, God wants to bless anyone who comes in contact with his child. You know why? You know the reason God wants to bless anybody that comes in contact with you, Brother Bullock? Simply because of this. God wants you to have favor. And it causes blessings to everyone else around you. That's the reason the children of, children of God... Look, we're blessed people. If we get in that place where we're supposed to be, you tell you what the Bible says, he'll, shake, he'll pull them out, son, you can't even contain it. Boy, just think if we ever got right with God completely. Boy, we'd get flooded with blessing. Passed out. Be like that old cat I watched the other day. It got drunk in the spirit. He run up there and he... I'm going to tell you this. He run up to there, jumped on the, he jumped off in the baptistry. I said, boy, I'll tell you what, amazing. He didn't break his neck. I'll tell you this. I think some people take getting drunk in the Holy Spirit a little bit different than what it really means. You know what I'm saying? I'll tell you this. You ain't going to get drunk in the Spirit and a woman, gonna, her dress going to come up over her head. I think she's just drunk. Number four, God wants to bless everything his child does and represents when he's living by God's word. God wants to bless everything you touch whenever you're living and doing by God's word. 
I'm talking about if it's hunting, if it's, hey, that's what I always told people, you know, every once in a while you kill a good deer? Well, you know, every once in a while you kill one? About ever so many years? You know why? I've always said, I believe God just smiles on you a little bit. You start living your life like you're supposed to. Remember living waters are blessings from the hand of God. We're about to close. Blessings flowing through us to cover others' needs. Boy, I tell you what, if we do more of that, we'd probably be, you'd probably see the church a little bit more house than full. God blesses me and it flows through me to bless somebody else. Most of us, what we want to do, God blesses us, we want to hoard it up. We want to hang on to it. We want to save it for a rainy day. You know this, you know I thought about this. God never seen a rainy day. God, hey, God ain't never seen a rainy day. We've seen some, but God Bible says his blessings are new every day. Every day. God, the fulfilling from another channel through the stream of your ability. A blessing being fulfilled from for another being streamed through your ability. That's them water, them living waters are flowing through us. To be a blessing to others. Sharing the word of God through your life. To quench the needs of another soul. Let me tell you this: You can say, "I I want to give ten. I want to give dollars to a charity over here." But if not one person in there gets born again, it's done absolutely nothing. I'm you this: You know, you see some commercials all the time, kids overseas and this and that. And they'll be, you know, starving, they'll pop belly. I mean, boy, and it'll grab your heart. It'll grab your heart. But I can tell you this. Now, don't quote me on this. Well, I don't care if you do or not. I really don't. I don't get to the point I don't care no more about what people say. But I will say this, it, it, and, I, and it'd be all but better for them to die at a younger age than for you to feed them on up till they get to the age of accountability and die and bust hell wide open. You think about that? Now, I, ain't, I ain't trying to promote or dispromote, but I will say this. <clears throat> you, we should be supporting missionaries trying to reach the lost and feeding their soul much more than feeding their mouths. See, that's what happens nowadays. That's what we do. We want to... But you, you you watch churches nowadays. They'll set up food drives and they'll try to feed everybody in the country and not share the word of God to one soul. What good have you done? I mean, I'm just being honest with you. You just made somebody's belly not growl like mine just did. Sharing the word of God through your life to quench the everlasting need of another soul. That is sharing Jesus Christ. And in closing, I wrote, like I told you, I wrote this down last. We can sing and pray and preach and talk about Jesus Christ in the church. 
but what are we doing elsewhere? We can sing about Jesus. We can preach about Jesus. We can talk about Jesus. In the church house, what are we doing anywhere else? When we think we are doing good without God, then we've lost focus on what really matters. And that is a hundred percent our problem. That is a hundred percent our problem when we think we can live without God. And the only person that can change that is you. Last but very not least, knowing God is knowing His Word. Knowing God is knowing His Word. If you don't know God's Word, then you don't know God. Now, I ain't saying you ain't saved, but I will say this. You don't know what God said for His child to do. The Bible says, my people are destroyed from lack of of knowledge. What, what was he talking about? It was he talking about a uh, uh, high school diploma? Was he talking about being a college graduate? No, he said lack of knowledge. He says lack of knowing His Word. Let me tell you this: every problem we get into in our lives is because we don't know what we are doing. And if we'll listen to God, he has the answer for every situation in life right there. But if you're not, and I'm not reading it, how will I know what he said to do about it? If God says he don't like it, he don't like it. Says he don't like pride. I'm going to tell you this. You ask me why I don't grow my hair out? You ask me why I, grow, I don't grow my hair out? I've picked it key numerous times and said, I'm going to grow me a big ponytail. And just leave it kind of bald in the front, you know. I like that bald look in the front. Now, you know the reason I don't grow my hair out? I don't believe God likes it. Plain and simple. I don't believe Jesus had long hair. All them pictures you see up here on the thing, I don't believe Jesus had long hair. I believe he had a beard. You want me to tell you this? The only reason he would he'd have had uh, some lengthy hair is simply because he would have been in prison and he wasn't in prison that long. He was tried and crucified right there at the same time. The Bible says it's a shame for a man to have long hair. If the Word of God says that, can I tell you how I think God feels about it? Plain and simple, it did not change. It's a shame for a man to look like a woman, and it's a shame for a woman to look like a man. God don't like it. And if I tolerate it, that means I'm against what God don't like. Let me tell you this. In Romans chapter 1, 
And you get down there to the very end of chapter 1. It says God don't like some things and he don't like the people that have play parts with them. Matter of fact, if you don't believe me, I'll read it to you. Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. Starting in verse number 26, 25, 24, number 23, 22. Boy, I'm going to keep on going. We're going to read the whole chapter. chapter. Verse number 22 saying, Professing themselves to be wise, they become fools. They change the glory of the uncorruptible God into the image made to corruptible man, to the birds, to the four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worship and serve the creature more than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affection, for there did their women did change the natural use into which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one towards another, men with men working which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves a recompense of their error, which was met. And every, and even as they that did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do that which, things which are not convenient. Let me tell you this, there's some things God don't like, I don't like it either. You say, well, what is this? What is this talking about? It's talking about, can you not understand where it says men and men doing things that was unseemly? Hey, that's talking about what this country today is fighting for. Is what God hates. And this country today is trying to give them every right there is. You say, I tell you this, I wish you wouldn't do like that. I'm just sticking with God. You can cower down and go hide in the corner if you want to. Do it and see how your blessings end up. God never said it was going to get peaches and cream towards end. I believe God's looking for a few good men. I believe God's looking for a few good women. And I tell you this, I believe God can use two or three and destroy the whole bunch. You know why? Because I've learned this. God, hey, God plus one man is a majority. But listen, this ain't talking about just them doing the things which are uh, women, but doing things that's uh, unnatural. This ain't just talking about that. Let's go just a tad bit further. 
being filled with all unrighteous fornication, wickedness, covetousness, malice, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, uh, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents. Whoa. Boy, he, he give a lot more here. Not just them, he just called them out. Let me tell you this, God don't like something, he calls it by name. But then he started saying, not only that, but these other things right here, I don't like them either. And then he says this, verse number 31, without understanding, covets breakers, without natural affection, impeaceable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God, listen here, that they which commit such things are worthy of death. Is that the end of it? Is that the end of it? No, let's see what else it says. Not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Let me tell you this. You acknowledge it. You go along with it. You just as guilty as they are. That's the word of God. And if you don't like that, you don't take that up with me. You don't text me. You don't email me. You take it up with God. That's, that's settled. The Bible says God's word settled. I tell you this, there's some things I don't like. I believe you hate the sin, love the sinner. Let me tell you this, if there's anything this, uh, uh, we need to be doing is praying. We need to be praying God's conviction get on some people because people ain't, ain't seeing God's conviction no more. You know, hey, hey, I'm going to tell you this. How many people, how many times you come to the church, you ain't even convicted? Much less somebody out there living like hell. There's no conviction at the house, baby. And think you are serving God. Hey, man. Boy, y'all want this back. I'm just kidding. You ain't getting it. Hey, man. Boy, I tell you this, hey, the morning's like this morning what I live for. Morning's like this morning. Can I tell you this? I can, like I started the service off, I can tell when God's hand's on me and when it ain't. I can tell it, and I love it. I love it when his hand's on me. When you see me up here just to kind of stagger and walking around trying to tell, oh, Lord, will you? And then right there's services that I know something's wrong here or here or both. Let me tell you this. Live for God. Serve God and enjoy His blessings and pray for others just like oh, uh, oh, uh, that we listened to that one night. You know, I'm going to share this and we're done. Boy, I'm getting shorter and shorter. <clears throat> We've, uh, uh, Oh, uh, Brother Percy said, this old boy, these people down there, he said, boy, all they did, he said, this old so-and-so's a hypocrite. He's no good, this and that, there in the church. And said it finally come to him. He said, I told you the church had a bunch of hypocrites in it. Let me tell you this, number one, you'll never know of a church that don't have a hypocrite in it. 
There is not a church. Let me tell you this, if the Son of God had one hypocrite in his congregation, the churches now is going to have some and there's, there's always going to be a hypocrite in the church and I'm always looking for him. Now, he said, that individual said, look, oh, so-and-so's no good, this and that, and it finally come to intuition what he did. He said, boy, he confronted him one day and said, I told you, I told you you had a hypocrite in your church. He said, oh, brother, he said, he was right. There wasn't nothing I could say. I thought he was a good man. He said, all I did was said, you're right, brother. He said, I got to driving down through there. He said, about that time, I seen them old buzzards over there eating over on the, he said, about that time, one flew up at the last minute, hit my windshield and shattered my windshield. He said, I pulled over on the side of the road and got to watching them buzzards. He said, I was fighting mad till the Lord spoke to me about these buzzards. He said, I tell you what, he said, these buzzards out here, he said, you ever see something, you ever see something real little? Old buzzard, you ever drive down the road and you see it like an armadillo or something? That one buzzard, he'll fight over that thing and he'll run each and every one of them off and he'll try to pick that thing by himself. But you let old deer go up there and you won't see nothing on it for a while because that one that finds it goes and tries to get all his friends to come back and eat on it together. He said, I tell you this, there might be some death in the church. There may be some hypocrites in the church, but I'd hate to know I was with the old buzzard trying to find it. That's what it is. You got them old buzzards just gliding around. They ain't nothing to them. They just looking for something to, something to grab. But here, there, in the church, oh, there's something right there. Oh, well, yeah, that one's got some stink to it. Boy, out and out there is going to hurt some stuff. Let me get over here and go get my friends. When he comes back and all they do is just sit around there and just pick at that old thing. Till they cause problems. Let me tell you this. I've learned if I'm one, hey, if you're one that tries to cause an in, uh, a problem in the church, whoa, what to you? That God's going to take care of you. You'll wish to God you never did it. You write that down. You might not pay for it today. You might not pay for it tomorrow. But you best believe God keeps a very tight account on his payroll. And what God owes, he pays. You look at old Jonah. Look at old Jonah. He run from God. God didn't spare no expense. No expense whatsoever. He got him to where he was supposed to be. He created a, a fish. You say it was a whale. It was a whale. Hey, I'm going to tell you this. The Bible says he created a fish. I don't know what it was. But I can tell you this. It had a big enough stomach and belly that, old, uh, that uh, Jonah could live in there for three days and still breathe. That thing had a triple-decker stomach. God created this fish. Let me tell you this. You start getting out of the well of God, 
You start, Brother Bullet, you start getting out of the will of God, Brother Jeff, you men, you women, you start getting out of the will of God and start going, and you're his child. Let me tell you this, God will create a fish to swallow you up. He'll create a fish to swallow you up and put you where you're supposed to be. I say this, God has a permissive will. He has a will that can be persuaded. What do you say there? Simply saying this, God can make things happen the way he wants to to his children. God can do it. He did that to Jonah. Jonah was the biggest racist. And he, but that wasn't going to be popular. That would be like a probably trying to send a Joel Osteen out there to try to preach to a bunch of them hellfire. That's the way Jonah started off. That's the way Jonah started off. He didn't want to go over there and preach hard to them because he was going to lose his popularity. Boy, they, I mean, he, boy, they thought he was famous. He was a famous preacher. God said, you go over there and you, you tell them to repent or I'm going to kill them. Well, number one, he didn't want to get them to repent. Number two, he didn't want to lose his high esteemed uh, atmosphere of his ministry. He got on that boat. See, the thing is, God already knew he was going to run from him. He got on there. He finally, old, that old that fish puked him up on the bank. And I believe when he come out, I believe he had a good little trot to him. I believe he was headed to Nineveh. But do you remember this? He just got out of the belly of this whale, and he ain't made it there, and he sat down again and said, God, I don't want to go. Read the story. He sat down again and said, God, I, you say, well, he spit him out of the well. He run all the way to Nineveh and start preaching to God. No, he didn't. He got about, I believe, half to three quarters, and he sat down again. And he said, God, I don't want to go. And that lightning popped. He got up, and he said, God, I'm going. And he went and preached, and the Bible says, not hey, every one of them repented in sackcloth and ashes. They got saved from the king down. <laughs> Boy, I'm going to tell you this. You get right with God, we'll get right with God. We'll make a difference from the king down. Holy God and Heavenly Father, we love you. Thank you for your liberty this morning, your love, your compassion. Thank you for your people. God, I pray that you bless. Do that which only you can. Help us to be a blessing to one another. God, help us to be a blessing to your cause and for your glory. We love you, Father. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you will, stand. I done got six. I had this morning, I never even hooked up the Bluetooth. Well, I'll tell you what. If you will, if you want to start making your way to the altar, you got somebody to pray for, you want to pray, come up here and pray.